Hello and welcome back to another episode of Under the Lights, the football podcast that talks all things football, all things Saints. My name's Tom Murray. My name's Callum Wilson and this is Under the Lights. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever and whenever you are listening. This is the latest episode of the Under the Lights podcast. I am Callum Wilson and as usual I'm joined by Tom Murray in a week where an understrength Saints side just fell to the sword in a valiant effort at high-flying Leicester and then the uh, the academy boys done good. They uh, managed to get past Shrewsbury in that postponed third round FA Cup tie at St Mary's and uh, that sets us up with a with a double header at St Mary's against Arsenal uh, which starts just this weekend, uh, two games inside the space of a week. And myself and Tom thought, who better to uh, speak to and uh, to preview both those games than fellow Southampton AD commentator and big Arsenal fan, Andy Goldman. Welcome, Andy, to the podcast. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you guys. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. Yeah, it's, it's just nice to be able to talk about football for a change with different people because, you know, usually we're able to do, you know, pre, pre-match commentary, we're able to have a, have a nice chat there, but none of that at the minute. So, yeah, thanks very much for having me on. appreciate it. It's been great to have you on. And obviously, we haven't seen you for a very, very long time because, of course, we're not able to uh, meet up. But um, I think the last, what was the last game you were penciled in to do before lockdown started? Can you remember? I, I think myself and Nick had the privilege of being at the Newcastle game before everything was sort of cut off. But I remember I did the, the Bournemouth game with you. But what, what, what was your last match before lockdown? Yeah, you're, I think it might have been the Bournemouth game. But what I'm most gutted about was obviously being an Arsenal fan. I just missed out on seeing uh, Saints v Arsenal at St Mary's. It was in late March, obviously just before the lockdown happened, and so it was uh, that was gutting. So I was proper looking forward to it. It was around my birthday as well, so I thought, great, I've got my birthday week coming up. You know, big party, <laughs> go down to St Mary's, watch the Arsenal play, but. That didn't happen. Uh, and hopefully, you know, I'd have hoped by this point we had been back out there doing our thing. But of course, that hasn't happened either. But this is a, this is a good runner-up, being able to talk to you lads about it. So, yeah, you know, it could be worse. Yeah, well, we, you know, like you said, we were kind of, the, the first lockdown happened, then, uh, then football returns, no fans, the new season. And then we had that kind of second mini lockdown at the beginning mm-hmm. of December. After we came out, they started letting fans back in some areas and, and, uh, Nick, who's the other of, of the quartet, who does the uh, Sampson AD commentary, he, he managed to get himself penciled in for a couple of games um, just before we, uh, it all got cancelled again and fans were no longer to, able to go to some areas. I mean, I was, I was due to go in on that Monday night game to do, um, to do the game against Liverpool, which would have been amazing. Mm. It would have been amazing if we had fans there as well for that sort of game. But, you know, with time... Um, and with the way that things are moving, it's, you know, it's obviously the right decision. But with time, we'll all be back out there again and um, hopefully fully vaccinated and ready to go. But there are still football games going on. And uh, this weekend, and indeed next week, uh, we've got Arsenal at St Mary's in a, in a double header. It's, it's strange how often it falls like this, Tom. You, uh, you, you wait all season to play a team at home and then you, you get them twice in the space of just a few days. Absolutely, I think we're going to be sick of the sight of each other by the uh, by Wednesday come next week. Whatever happens in the in the game, and my personal opinion coming in the build up to uh, in to this game is that the last time we played at the Emirates and that one all draw at the time, it seemed that Arsenal were 
sort of on a bit of a, a downward spiral, whereas Saints, with that point, went up to third in the table for a short space of time. Since then, it's sort of flipped on its head. The tables have turned. It's gone the other way. Arsenal are resurgent. They're put under, they've been putting a decent run of form at the moment, whilst Saints have had a bit of an injury crisis. Not, as got, not got the points that possibly some fans expected from the early season form going into those Christmas games and now sit ninth in the table, although it is very close. Andy, first of all, your thoughts leading up to that first game that we had, and then what's changed since? Well, I love the point you made there in terms of how our form has flipped, because you're absolutely right. I mean, we, there have been serious parallels between uh, the start of our season and your sort of recent run of the season. We had seven games where we were winless, and you had seven games where you were unbeaten. So we've done a complete flip. And the 1-1 game, looking back, actually, that was a good result for us, because don't forget, we lost a man in that game. And I feel Walcott score, and you just, it, it, that's hard. As an Arsenal fan, it's hard. I'm very happy he went to Saints, first of all. I want to make that clear, because I think it was good for his career. Nice for him as a player to go back to his roots. But having him score against us, have a little celebration, that did hurt. So to get the point, I think, was a good thing. Uh, and since then, we have had a, a change in fortunes. And I'm not sure what it's down to. The Chelsea game was huge for us. I think it was just down to the young kids we brought in. We brought in Saka, predominantly, and Emil Smith-Rowe as well. And, um, yeah, I'm... I, I, Pretty thrilled with how we've uh, we've come since then. Uh, what I will say, though, is that Saints are a different animal than ha how they have been in, in previous years. They seem to be a bit of a bogey team for Arsenal in recent years, especially at St Mary's, which is why I'm slightly uh, agrees that we've got two games there literally in a row uh, within a few days of each other. Different competitions, of course, but um, yeah, I'm I wouldn't say I'm confident because you know of the fact that I think Saints have got stuff to prove now that they just lost to Leicester, as Callum mentioned in the intro, and I think now you're going to really try and push on because Arsenal are a good team to beat because, of course, we're close to each other on the table now. It's only a couple of points that separates us. And, of course, you've got a game in hand. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, though. I'm not sure which game will be uh, good for us because, of course, cup competitions for you guys. I don't know what you feel about the FA Cup, but given your form in the league, this is something I, I imagine you want to take seriously, wouldn't it? I'd, I'd think so. I'm interested to know um, or know what you think about how the, the Arsenal side will line up for both games. Um, Something that I'd expect from Ralph is that maybe uh, two or three young players might be involved at some stage, whether whether starting or on the bench. But I, I I don't think there'll be too many differences. I think we'll see a, a reasonably similar lineup for both the game um, on Saturday and then the one on on Tuesday. Obviously, it's a twelve fifteen kickoff on Saturday and then and an eight fifteen kickoff on the Tuesday. So. You know, it's 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 three days, but there's almost an extra day in there. So I, I think with the way Saints work and and Hasnutter works, I think we'll see a strong side um, this weekend. Especially considering the fact that the, the academy uh, lads played um, quite a few of them played on on Wednesday. So I think we've got a, a rested side, um, and and I, I'd imagine we'll have a fairly similar team to that that played against um, Leicester. Again, we're waiting to see if uh, Ings is back, but we're waiting to see if anyone else is uh, is available for the game on Saturday. Um, but in terms of priorities, I think it's I think it's a strange one because Southampton are still definitely in in the race to have a really successful season um, in the Premier League. You know, it was only a few weeks ago that we were we were looking at the league table and Southampton were um, were in the top four. So I think a, a cup run is always a good um, distraction if your season is kind of meandering and you're, you're looking for um, 
a distraction and you maybe you're not going to get into Europe, maybe you're not going to get relegated, but it's worth um, then focusing on the cup. Or if you're just a side that can't win at all and you get the opportunity like Sheffield United did in the third round just to, to get a win and then they got one against Newcastle. So I, I think Southampton um, try to win every game that they play and it sounds stupid, but um, when you look at the teams that we put out compared to other sides who often weaken their sides in the cup, um, I'm not sure Ralph Arsenal is going to do it. The young lads will get their, their chance, but Slapton is still only five points off of Liverpool in fourth place. So it's by, by all means, it's not over. Um, and especially looking, looking for Europe, I think Southampton's best chance is in the league. Um, Tom, I, I don't know what you um, foresee ahead for the next two games. You would think that if the uh, academy was to be utilised, it would most likely be in the cup. But coming so soon after that game against Shrewsbury, do you think that we'll see a, a full-strength Southampton side for the uh, Arsenal game in the Cup? Or do you think we'll, we'll see a couple of the youngsters play once again? Well, going from what Ralph has said in his conference and several quotes from him throughout the week is that he, he did say he was going to play a, a strong side against Arsenal in the Cup. I think the likes of you know Walker-Peters and Bertrand obviously can't play against Arsenal in the league. So I'd imagine that Bertrand will be used in the Cup. Um, maybe, I, I just feel that Vokins, he's a good player, but I think that, and he's got his experience against Shrewsbury, but I think, I was actually thinking about the priorities uh, earlier today, and I was thinking if we could win one of these games and lose the other, which one would I go for? And it's a really difficult one to pick because we're doing so well in the league and we still have a chance. And once we get players back from injury, then we're going to go back to that really strong side and real... I mean, think about it. We're, we're not even halfway through the season yet. We haven't even hit game 19. There's a long, long way to go and there's a lot of points to pick up. However, if we beat Arsenal in the cup and go strong, we face either Chorley or Wolves, albeit away, but either of those teams are an opportunity to then get into the quarters. By that time, one of Man United or Liverpool will have knocked each other out. So that takes another big gun out of the FA Cup. I feel that it's a, I mean, Wolves are not the animal that they have been in previous years. So that, I mean, unless there's an upset where we can expect whoever wins this game will be playing at Molyneux. And that's what the most likely outcome is. And Wolves are not the same animal, especially without Jimenez up front. And I feel that they are there to... Saints can go to Molyneux. Yes, they drew earlier in the season, but it's certainly a game that they can win in the Cup. And then you're looking at Saints possibly in the quarterfinals and one game away from an appearance at Wembley, albeit probably with no fans. But I feel that... Under Hasenhutl, we have a really good opportunity to go far in the Cup this year. Maybe that's going to be curtailed if, our, if we have ongoing injury problems and we do have to play the youth. Um, but I certainly don't think the Cup should, or the, either game should be prioritised over the other. And I agree with you. I think we're probably going to see a similar, um, the, the, a similar personnel for both, for both ties with, uh, with with Bertrand, the only omission from the league, really. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And what's good about the way in which uh, Samson are drilled and Arsenal plays is that the, the squad can cope. As long as there aren't injuries, and that is the big question mark because we've had times, and one being now, where we've had too many injuries. If, uh, with the way that the squad is, is drilled, they're fit enough to compete in both leagues up um, and, and, and they'll play a full-strength side 
in, twice in the space of a week, um, maybe maybe a couple of changes. So there's no real reason why Southampton can't just play one game at a time and why they need to prioritise. Andy, I'm, I'm interested to know what you think with regards to Arsenal. Um, same question, because obviously Mikel Arteta came in and he's already won an FA Cup, um, yet was under huge pressure uh, all the way up until that 1-1 draw, really, with Southampton. Then I, I believe he lost to Everton. But since then, in the last five games, the, the attention seems to have gone from Arteta um, and Solskjaer and over to Frank Lampard in terms of the, who's the, the current um, person to pick on. What's more important to Arteta, um, first and foremost? And then what do you think is more important to the fans? Because if Arteta wins two FA Cups in two years, then suddenly, you know, he's looking like he's doing pretty well. But then if he's, if he's finishing outside the top six or seven is is that um does that cloud that achievement and and would you say that the, the priority would be for Arteta to try and push to finish in the top six top five maybe even top four eventually over uh, over a silverware in a cup it's a really difficult question that because our form in the FA Cup of the past seven years has been stellar I mean I don't, in fairness I don't think this the Arsenal team of 2014 up until now does get talked about enough for their FA Cup exploits. I mean, we've won it four times in about seven years or so. That, in my opinion, that doesn't get talked about enough as a real domination of a cup competition. As for this year, as much as I love the FA Cup, and we do love it, I feel like we need to get a real st stable hold in the league. We need to get our position really under, under, under lock and key, if you like, because we've been moving around so much. We were only a few points off the relegation place at one point, And now all of a sudden we're talking about breaching the European places. That's how crazy this season's been and how fickle it can be. One minute you're somewhere, the next minute you're another place. Exactly where Saints find themselves. I mean, you were looking top four at one point. Now you're thinking ever so slightly lower. From an Arsenal perspective, I would like to see us prioritise the league this season, purely because there are far more games to play. Tom mentioned there, we're only halfway. Arsenal played 19, so we're halfway through now. And if this season so far is anything to go by, our place as a top six club is certainly not uh, guaranteed. You look at Leicester, you look at Saints, you look at even Aston Villa, you know, who would have thought that? Our position in the league is certainly not hold on. That's why I think we need to prioritise that. Then again, any cup competition you want to play, you want to get kids out there that uh, perhaps don't play in the league. However, our kids are now playing in the league. That's why we've done a little bit of a flip. So in terms of prioritisation, I would say the, the league. And um, for a Saints perspective, Tom mentioned it really well there. If you beat Arsenal, you got either Wolves or Chorley. Wolves are very under under uh, under uh, underperforming at the minute without their main man, him and theirs. And you look at where they are in the league, they'll be prioritising the league. So I think you've got a really good shout at the FA Cup. And I think with this team you have, that would be a huge benchmark to boost your season off and say, look at what we're doing in the FA Cup. And no matter where you finish in the league, I think that's something that Saints fans should be really up for. Because you know, who doesn't love a good cup run, especially when you're a club the size of Southampton? And I, I know you had Pete Selby on uh, one of your podcasts previous weeks, and he mentioned Leicester and Saints have there's a bit of a parallel there. And they had their moment with the league. I think Saints would do, would do really well to, to entice some players to come to the squad because your recruitment has been astonishing, considering the players you've lost over recent years. The fact that you still manage to hang around there. There are some seasons more precariously than others, for sure. But a cup, that would really, really settle Saints. as a force to be reckoned with in the English league. So that's why, if I was a Saints fan, I'd definitely rather get this cup game. Because one, one loss, you're out of the cup. Simple as that. 
Whereas you're only halfway through the Premier League season, you've got plenty of time to pick up form and get points where you can. So Arsenal, focus on the league. Saints, yeah, I'll go for the cup. And I have to say, I, I, I agree with that because another point I was just thinking is that if Saints do progress, by the time they play, I think the fifth round is midweek in the middle of February. And then if you can get through that, obviously quarters, I think are much later in the season. I think towards the end of March, beginning of April. By that time you would think that Saints will have the likes of Vestergaard back, the likes of Romeu, maybe Salisu will have popped his head out onto the pitch or something like that. Saints will be maybe back to full, full strength. And then you're thinking, you're three wins away from, if you're in the quarter, yeah, three wins away from silverware. And with that team, Saints have shown this season that they can get a result against anybody. And as I said, the like one of Man United, one of Liverpool will have knocked themselves out of the competition at that point. So it is certainly a way to win. And also with the league so tight, that's also an opportunity to get European football if you win the FA Cup. So I I would be very surprised if Ralph plays a weak inside. I think Ings is nailed on to start. I think you have to start him really. I mean, it's it's no it's no um it's pretty obvious that Saints have lacked goals recently, only four goals, I think, in the last five, six games in all competitions. Uh, but, Andy, for you, if do you expect much rotation for Arsenal in that FA Cup game? Because let's face it, both sides at the moment, whether they go through or not, have a ridiculous amount of matches to play in a short space of time. I think if Saints win this one, and including the Shrewsbury game, it's something like 10 games in 31 days or something like that. Uh, that may be exaggerating, but at the moment, it seems almost likely, of course, we've got to fit the Leeds game in at some point, whenever that is. I've, seen, I've looked on a couple of Arsenal forums, and they seem... Arsenal fans seem quite set on resting the likes of Tierney, uh, maybe have Aubameyang rested, maybe having Ketia start for this one, maybe even put William and Pepe in and give the, the likes of Saka, because these are young players and you don't want them to, I think Nigel Adkins said it years ago whilst managing Saints, like you've got to manage that they don't burn out as it were, were because you can do almost more damage to a young player by keeping on playing them. Do you expect much rotation from Arsenal for Saturday then if you think that they're going to prioritise the league? Yes, I do expect rotation. I'm not gonna, I wouldn't say a whole 11-man shift because that's not what happened in the, our previous round against Newcastle at home. There was rotation, but it wasn't great. It was mainly at the front of the park. Our defence the past few games has really stayed similar with a lot of core players. We've seen a few changes. So David Luiz has come in when Holding's been unavailable. Uh, Bellerin's come in. Cedric's come in. You're, you're, of course, your former player. He's done a very stellar job, actually, since joining. He's not been a nailed-in starter, but his previous game uh, in the league just against uh, Newcastle, again, he was, he was sublime. I, I loved watching him play. Uh, but there will be changes. I, I, and you're absolutely right, what Nigel Adkins said about young kids, because let's not forget, we're relying on our kids at the minute. Saka and Smith-Rowe have been two of our brightest sparks, and so we can't burn them out because otherwise... Look at who we have on the bench. Pepe, Willian. Pepe, less so, but Willian especially has been pretty poor thus far. I'm, I'm thrilled we got him on a free because if we didn't, if we had to pave money for what we've got, of course, not mentioning his wages because I'm sure he'd been a lot, but um, that sort of perspective 
I do worry. But no, we will see uh, Arsenal change some things around. I think defensively we'll stay very similar to where we have been at the minute. But I, I, I expect to see the likes of El Nenny start. Perhaps Joe Willock will get a look in. Maybe even Martinelli ahead of Anketia, which I'd personally like to see because I want to see if Martinelli gets some minutes under his belt. But uh, I think the crux of the squad will be there. And I expect Lacazette, for example, to possibly be on the bench and come on if we need him. But uh, I think you're absolutely right. I'd expect the likes of Ings to start for you because I don't see any reason why Ralph shouldn't take this very seriously. Uh, as you mentioned, it's cup competition. You look at who you have coming up, the prospects of who you're going to play. Uh, but it will be a closely fought match for sure. I think the FA Cup match will be a lot closer than the league match, for, for example, because I know the league, uh, they'll certainly be full strength on an Arsenal team. And our current form, you know, that's something that Ralph will be concerned about. So, uh, yeah, expect rotation for the cup, no rotation for the league. I've noticed one particular change to your lineup since you've been playing so well, and that is the reintroduction of Thomas Partey into the middle, who has added real solidarity is he another player that you'd expect maybe to step down at the weekend and rejoin the ranks for the Tuesday match well that's a good question because he only properly came in our last game against New, uh, against Newcastle and he played an absolutely sublime ball to Aubameyang who got the game off and running uh, uh, for the 1-0 uh, score there and um, he was brilliant he came off around 66 I think minutes so clearly Arteta was resting for something whether that means he'll start in the FA Cup, I'm not too sure. I do like to think he'll be saving him for um, for the league match. But let's not forget, our run has been without party for the bulk of it. We've been playing Xhaka in the middle, uh, sort of holding role for a while. And he's done a great job. You know, he has his critics. I'm one of them. But for the most part, he's done really well since Partey's come out of the squad, since the, uh, the Tottenham loss where he, uh, he pulled the hammy. Uh, but Partey is a fantastic play. He's by far been our best signing of this window. We haven't seen enough from him yet because of his injury problems. But uh, yeah, the fact he came off for around 60 odd minutes does that mean he's saving him for the cup or the league I'm not too sure he could even feature in both who knows but I certainly want to want to, want to burn him out because it's not just about burning the young players out you know Partey's had his injury problems this season the last thing he needs is playing two games in what is it three days so yeah I'd save him for the league personally because I, I, I know the likes of Ings and uh uh, the guys you have up front can do a job. I know they're not scoring a lot at the minute, but they certainly can. I think with Partey, I think he he came came on with twenty minutes left against Crystal Palace after, like you said, a long a long time out, five or six games after his injury, um, and then he he managed to eke that up to sixty five minutes before getting taken off. So I think it's more a slow reintroduction from from a, a hamstring injury, as you say. You don't want to play him ninety minutes for a couple of games in a row. And then, um, and then do some more damage, and he's out for another five or six games. Um, it's interesting you say that, Tom, because I thought you were going down another avenue with, with this. And, uh, and I personally, as a Southampton fan, love the idea of Arsenal rotating. And usually, when you, when you rotate, your sort of big star names are, are in the Premier League, and they'll maybe get dropped, and you'll get some of the academy graduates and some of the youngsters, like you said, the likes of Willock and Martinelli, to... Um, to come through but it's kind of been a switch in the way that Arteta's tried to find a solution at Arsenal in that he has dropped the likes of William uh, Pepe being another one to the bench because of such poor performances and he's given the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe um, and also Saka in a, in a more advanced role he's given them some seniority and um, and really put some faith in them to sort of say right okay can you try and get us winning some games because I'm under fire here and um, and those two especially, I think, have been absolutely brilliant. I mean, Emil Smith-Rowe has been around on the brink of getting uh, a, a game in the Premier League, it seems like, for a few years now. He always seems to come in for like the Europa League games um, and maybe the FA Cup ones. But he's, he's 
come in, come into the uh, to the team, and that really has coincided with a really good run. Um, as you said, since that Chelsea game, which was the game he came in, so so you drew with Saints, lost to Everton, then Arteta looks looked like he went right. Now we need to make these changes. He's given uh, Smith Rowe a, a chance, and he's played in your last uh, your last five games, um, starting with that Chelsea one. He's got four assists in five games, so he's playing in the number ten role, which. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I don't really think anyone was playing that role before Smith Rowe came in. You seem to kind of play with with uh, obviously one striker, two wingers, and then maybe sort of three more conventional midfielders. Or before that, you're playing three at the back. So it seems like you've changed to a kind of four at the back and to play with a number ten, but but less prima donnas, less Williams who's been awful, Pepe who just hasn't got started, um, and and bringing in players like Smith Rowe and really giving Saka um, the opportunity going forward. And I think those two, I mean, against West Brom, those two were sublime and they've continued it. So I think you might, you might find that maybe those are the sorts of players that miss out and you see the likes of Pepe, Willian, maybe someone like Mustafi coming in. And I think Southampton fans would prefer to play a team full of those sorts of players than maybe the likes of your your Rob Holdings at centre-back and your Smith-Rose um, and, and Sackers. So from a Southampton point of view, let's, let's hope we, we see those in the cup if that is our priority. Um, wouldn't it be typical, Tom, if Southampton uh, chose this year to go on to win silverware in the one year where we couldn't uh, fill half of Wembley? Um, that would be an <laughs> odd, odd day sitting at home, potentially watching that on the, on the TV um, with only yourself and uh, whoever you live with as company. That would be a, a really odd one. Um, so the priorities you guys think for Saints out of these two games should be the Cup um, and for Arsenal, certainly the league. How do you see the two games going, Andy? Um, obviously, you mentioned that Arsenal are in the best form they've been in all season. Southampton, probably the opposite. Um, although they're not playing badly, the, the results have... Um, slowed shall we say and Southampton now find themselves uh, I think ninth in the table as opposed to being sort of in the top three or four for quite a while is now a good time to play Southampton or, or, or is now just a good time um, to be an Arsenal fan in terms of this season do you think that you can go to places like St Mary's because you've got results against the likes of Crystal Palace West Brom Newcastle although Palace probably the better team against you so you've you've beaten Newcastle, you've beaten West Brom, but Southampton at St Mary's is this is this a real test of the credentials of those young players? This is the biggest test they've probably faced since the Chelsea game. And actually, look at the fixtures we got coming up as well. We've got a really tough run. We got you guys twice. We're playing Man United, who a few months ago I said, oh, "I'll play United, that'll be fine." But the way they're playing at the minute, no chance. We got Benfica in the uh, Europa League. We're playing Man City shortly. Spurs will be coming up after that. We've got a really really tough running and it starts with Saints I like to think that Saints will have a chip on their shoulder after losing to Leicester but I don't know I mean since the obviously Shrewsbury was different that's a different animal different kind of squad but you hadn't seen Saints play since the uh, the Leicester game so I think it is all about their response Arsenal don't need to respond at the minute because we're, we're, we're playing well we haven't lost in uh, in six games five clean sheets so it's not about us responding it's about Saints responding and that could either be uh, you know a curse or a reward for us I'm not sure what it's going to be um, in the cup, 
I think Arsenal, the way we'll play, we'll, I like to think our players will take ownership of that cup. You know, we're the reigning champs, let's not forget. And I like to think, if he does start with the likes of Pepe, Willian, I like to think they'll think, all right, this is my chance now. This is my chance to really have a go and prove to Mikel Arteta why he brought me to this club, why I'm a player at Arsenal. Whether that happened or not, I'm not confident. Um, but I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. And I, I do think in the league, they'll be far more up for it because those league players, whatever they're doing at the minute, it's gelling. We've gone to a, it's got, it's got a 4-2-3-1, really, uh, interchanging uh, centre-backs, depending on who's injured. In the midfield, it's either Xhaka Party, Xhaka Ceballos. And then we've got Smithrow, uh, Saka and Aubameyang in that midfield with uh, feeding Lacazette forward. That's the team I imagine we'll see in the league. In terms of the FA Cup, though, yeah, I, I, I think we'll, get, we'll see those players, those fringe players come in. And then it's all about their attitude. And you mentioned Callum, the prima donna, kind of characters coming out to play. They won the FA Cup last year. Can they do it again this year? It's up to them at the end of the day. I think Mikel will be up for it. But uh, yeah, they got they got to want it. And I think Saints might want it more than a few of the uh, Arsenal fringe players coming in, but we'll see. I think what might be dangerous a little bit for Southampton with those fringe players, especially the likes of Pepe and Willian, is that, I mean, they've been, I mean, Willian has been non-existent this season apart from the first game against Fulham where I think he got every assist and Pepe is just, I mean, bless him, it's not his fault that Arsenal paid that much money on mm. him, but it must, I mean, in terms of like turning it on its head, they must be, I mean, Willian especially, experienced player, let's not forget before Arsenal, he's had a pretty sterling career, brilliant at Chelsea and a real, an all-round like phenomenal play. He's been really, really quite good. It must sting to be taken, like to be hooked off the pitch, to be playing someone who is about 10 years younger and then seeing that they've taken your spot and you've got to earn it back. You've got to think from their mindset, what they, they're either thinking, right, that's me done, or it's going to be the mindset of, right, I've got to prove to, like you said, I've got to prove to Arteta that this, that this new kid on the block is not the one that you need to be going with. You need to be going with myself. And yeah, obviously there's always competition for places and you don't actively want a player to do uh, badly so that you get your place back. But obviously they've, they've now got to earn their position back. Whereas before you maybe think that due to their name, they weren't particularly challenged. You're thinking, all right, this was our big summer signing. Of course, they're going to start every single game. And then they're played for a while before realize, the manager realises this isn't working. So I think Saints have got to look out for that, whatever happens. If they play the kids, you know, these are, if Saints play, if Arsenal play the kids, then Saints have got to look out for these really hungry young players who <clears throat> want to continue their good run of form. However, on the other hand, if Arsenal play the likes of Pepe and William, they're still quality players and they can pull it out the, pull it out the bag, you know, if, if they want to. There's nothing stopping William scoring a free kick, although he's not quite James Ward-Prowse. But, um, <laughs> but I think that in terms of how the games are going to go, I think it's going to be really interesting, the fact that we're playing each other in such close proximity. I think the FA Cup game is going to be quite an open end-to-end -end game, whatever the team has put out, because... No, Ing, the Ings will be back. Saints will be trying to feed him whenever possible, try and get goals. They'll want to progress in the cup, as, with, as will both sides. I then think the second game, maybe a change of players, and then you've already played each other two or three times, through two or three days before. I reckon it's going to be a bit more cagey. The teams will think, all right, we got this wrong against them, against, against them on Saturday. Let's close it up. Let's do this a bit differently. And I think... 
if I was going to be completely honest, I reckon I reckon it's going to be open in the FA Cup. I reckon it could go to extra time and penalties. I then think in the league, it's going to be decided by a single goal and it's going to be a very cagey match. I don't know how if you if that's how you feel as well. That's, yeah, that's a fair point. I think in the, well, you look at the FA Cup as uh, something that you know can go to pens. Which I like to think will benefit us because we won a few shootouts in the last few months. Uh, you know, I remember Liverpool in the Community Shield. You know, that was a good one. But you know, you said about the Pepe and William situation, and you, and I mentioned how they might want to think, okay, this is my competition where I can prove to me care what I can do. They didn't do that last game against Newcastle in the FA Cup. They did not do that at all. It forced us to go to extra time, and in extra time, we brought on the likes of Smith Rowe. We brought on the likes of Lacazette and Saka. We so Pepe and William both came off. And what happened when they both came off? We ended up winning 2-0. Smith Rowe getting one of the goals. So that was their game. That was their competition. That was their moment to say, no, no, this is what I can do. They both got subbed off and got replaced by the players who have come in and done a great job for us. Um, and I, I agree with you in the sense that I think it will be an open game. Maybe because some of the players on the pitch haven't had the ball at their feet in a long time because they haven't played a lot. So, that, you know, it might be a bit too open with loose passes and the like. But um, I think that the league, they'll be a lot more respectful to one another. Because I mentioned it earlier that the teams that we've beaten recently, Arsenal, have been teams below us. We've beaten Newcastle, we've beaten West Brom. These aren't teams that you're looking at and thinking, oh yeah, these are, these could be a tough game. We should beat them. Saints, the first opponent in a while where we've looked at, and as an Arsenal fan, I thought, ah, okay, this will be a real test. It's not uh, away from home as well. St Mary's, not the greatest record there in recent years. I look at some of your players. I know James Ward-Prowse has ever slightly dipped recently, but he is he has been, in my opinion, your best player most consistent player this season. Ings has been unlucky with injuries and COVID. Um, but I do look at that squad and think, OK, there is there is a great deal of difficulty here. And that is going to be the test for the likes of Holding and, uh, you know, Tierney, who everyone's going on about at the back. But until they face a team with the uh, the prowess of the likes of Ings and Ward Prowse, let's not forget, you just beat Liverpool a few weeks back, 1-0, and went the entire game, you know, with a 1-0 lead, having to hold on to that. And, you know, possibly could have, could have extended it. But... Um, I think it'll be a respectful game, the league game. And I think you might be right. The one goal might win it because I think both teams will, will, might lay back a little bit knowing what both teams can do on the on the counter. Uh, you know, most of our count, uh, goals against Newcastle were counter-attacking. So um, I, I agree with your assessment, Tom. Lee, the league will be more respectful, more reserved. FA Cup, I think they'll just, yeah, it'll be a bit of a free-for-all. Certainly, we're, we're in for two close games. I can't see either side running away with anything, um, whether it be Cup uh, nor league. Um, Tom, I'm interested. I mean, if we we all know really, if we'd say possibly 10 out of the 11 positions for Southampton, I think with current injuries, it's pretty obvious who our best 11 is. I'd say the only question mark is over who partners James Ward-Prowse in the middle with the um, surgeon, Abraham Diallo, and obviously the uh, the ever-present before that and, and always... Um, one of the best players on the pitch, in my opinion, Oriel Romeo, which is a great uh, opportunity for Ralph, um, a great dilemma to have. I think one of those will play in the cup game and one of those will play in the league game. I think Saints will play a full-strength side um, if they can. Obviously, you mentioned Bertrand with his suspension won't be available for that game in the league on Tuesday. So I would expect him to play at the weekend in the cup. Uh, will Vokins be trusted? Um, uh, as as the uh, the deputy left back in the league, um, he hasn't really played in the league for Southampton yet. But I'd like to see him have an opportunity uh, up against Saka in that game. I think the centre backs 
pick themselves. I think Salisu's not available, and if Vestergaard's not available for either, then Stevens and Bednarak will play both games. Um, Walker Peters obviously is nailed down in the right back slot with McCarthy um, McCarthy in goal. So, so in terms of that unit, I could see Forster playing in the FA Cup at the weekend um, again. I could see, obviously, Bertrand playing one game, Fokins playing the other. Um, I think Walker-Peters will probably play both games. I don't think we have a, a, a suitable deputy at right-back. Jan Valery has come back into the team, but I think everyone is is convinced that he's, he's whatever he is, he's certainly not a full-back. Um, Diallo, I'd, I'd say if Romeo's available, he'll probably come back in Saturday and Diallo maybe on Tuesday. I think Ward-Prowse will play every minute of both games. Um, the way that he is, he's like a Duracell bunny. Um, I think Armstrong will be saved for, I think he'll play one of the games, most likely the league game if we're going to go with the strongest side. Walcott on the other wing with Adams and Ings up front. So the only changes I could, I could potentially see, I think Adams and Ings will probably play both games because Dan and Ladulu played and scored um, against uh, Shrewsbury. I don't, I, I, I think those senior players have been rested. It's quite strange because usually you've got a cup game between two league games. So your strongest side will play in both the league games and then you'll bring in some of the youngsters in the cup. But what we've just had is a game where we've just played the youngsters. So I don't think we'll leave out some of the big names for two games in a row if you, if you, cut, um, if you follow my drift. So that's why I think we'll have a strong side for both games. Um, I think maybe there's a chance that that we might play um, maybe a different winger on, on to, to Armstrong or maybe on well, Walcott on one side. We might see... Um, the thing is, I don't know who's back from injury because we've got no Redmond. We had no Gineppo. Teller was out. So actually, the team sort of picks itself sometimes because we haven't got anyone to replace them. Um, but I, I, I don't think... Uh, Shane Long will start in either of the two games. I think Lundulu's pushed himself further up that list. Um, but I think maybe a couple of cameos from the bench for him. I think generally for Southampton, apart from the left-back, the goalkeeper and the Diallo-Romeu um, dilemma, I don't think there'll be too many changes. I think we'll see young players from the bench in one or, or, or two of the games um, and maybe one of the wingers, depending on Armstrong. Because I think I don't, I'm not sure Armstrong will play two games or three games in a week, but he obviously um, has been rested previously. So it will only be a few changes for Saints um, over the two games. I would be pretty confident in saying. Um, I'm interested to know, Andy, where you think the games can be won and lost from an Arsenal point of view. Because from a Southampton point of view, you mentioned how some players might be rested, and Tierney being one of them. I don't see with Kalasinac going. Uh, out on loan for the rest of the season. I don't see an obvious choice to play left-back other than Tierney. Um, Maitland-Niles might be able to play there. Cedric, we've seen go over there once, twice for Southampton before. There aren't too many there. Um, and I'd be and, and Saka has played there, but I, I think he's really forced himself into the front four um, on a regular basis. So whoever does play right, right side midfield or... or the right side of those centre forwards for Southampton. I see a, a real target in that area. And then, of course, whichever players you bring in that perhaps haven't yet performed for Arsenal, um, I, I see them as opportunities for Southampton to maybe exploit. What do you see from the other side of the fence? What do you look at with that Southampton side 
um, in either of the games. And especially with your side, yeah, where are your strengths as opposed to, to our weaknesses? In terms of Saints, I look at your, in previous uh, weeks, you've, you, your clean sheets have been pretty, pretty in, in, astonishing, really. I mean, I, in my fantasy team, I had McCarthy in for the longest time. And I, I've always been dying to get Carl Walker-Peters in. I think he's had a fantastic season. Uh, my friend Sam is a, is, a, is a Spurs fan and he's, been, he's always been angry that Spurs let him go because he looks what he's been doing this season. He's been one of your better players. He's young, he's hungry, he's fit. And I, and I think that could be something to us, for us to worry about, certainly. But perhaps defensively, something to exploit. Uh, if you go against the experienced likes of Lacazette, perhaps. I know he's, a, he's going to play on the side, uh, Carl Walker-Peters. But certainly getting around the back of teams is something we've done quite well this season when we have been going forward. That, that one pass... And that's where we've often won games. A simple one pass, like Partey to Aubameyang literally a few days ago, um, you know, Cedric to Aubameyang later on in the game, you know, just one pass and, and, and we can finish. Uh, as for Saints, Ings is a constant pressure and it's going to be a real test, especially in the cup, because if, if, you, if you're right and he does play in the cup, a real test for the likes of probably Mary. And I think Gabriel might come back in. He was out for a while after he stupidly uh, got COVID. He, I think he hosted a party or something or went to a party, which was ridiculous on his part. But I think um, prior to that, he had a decent start to the season. I expect him to start in the FA Cup. Um, and so that would be a real test for him, uh, getting straight into the thick of it against the likes of perhaps uh, Adams, and Ings, uh, but that will be something I think Saints should exploit about Arsenal. That could be a weak spot, despite the fact earlier on in the season, Gabriel was our player of the month a couple of times. Can't forget when he was our player of the month, we were in the midst of a seven game losing streak. Uh, so that's something I would certainly exploit, provided he does start. I don't think he'll go with the, uh, the holding marry combination, which we've seen recently, which has been a bit of a revelation. You know, plenty of clean sheets between those two. I think he'll save Rob Holding and probably marry for the league. And uh, I, yeah, I'd expect to see Gabriel start in the FA Cup. Uh, and despite liking him as a player, he hasn't played a heck of a lot recently. And that's why if I was Adams or Ings, I'd definitely look to exploit that part of our defence, literally the middle of the back two, because uh, whoever Gabriel plays alongside, I think he'll need his help because he might not be as match fit as he has been previous, uh, previous games this season. And you're going up against the likes of Ings and Che Adams, who have got most of your goals this season. So uh, yeah, I'd exploit that uh, position in the league and I try and exploit the likes of Walker-Peters, perhaps just for naive, naivety of youth, but that could be a completely foolish statement because he has been very, very good this season. Yeah, I think that the, in, in that instance then, uh, judging by that, Tom, then we should have plenty of goals because uh, Vestergaard has been a miss for Southampton and um, as great as Carl Walker-Peters is, um, I think he has been one of our best players this season, uh, one of the best signings uh, for the season in the Premier League full stop um, with Aubameyang's predatory instincts he's going to have to be more switched on than arguably he has been in certain moments this season um, because Aubameyang is always that main attacking threat for, from a Southampton perspective with no Vestergaard you've, and, and obviously Sally Sue the myth the legend we've, um, we've got Jack Stevens and Bednarak and as good as Bednarak has been um, and Jack Stevens has come in and uh, held the fort. There is a weakness there. We saw that with uh, James Madison's goal, uh, rolling Stevens and scoring at the near post past McCarthy. We have seen times where uh, teams should have scored against us and Arsenal always been better going forward than they have been defensively, maybe until the last few weeks. Uh, would Lacazette, Smith Rowe, if he plays, 
um, Saka and Aubameyang, specifically in the league, I imagine those four will play, will they cause us some problems? Um, quite interesting, Tom, to think that a cup run, as you guys put it, going on to another um, slant, it's a cup run is possible. If we can beat a weakened Arsenal team, which we expect we might see, if we can then play Chorley or, or, or Wolves, who have been poor uh, this season, poorest they've been since they returned to the Premier League. Like you said, we're then one game away from Wembley. There's been a lot of talk about Danny Ings this week. Um, lots come out about why the contract's not been signed and this, um, this theory... Uh, which seems to be backed up uh, by many as um, the release clause being the issue and Danny Ings looking maybe at his options uh, for one last big move whilst um, whilst he's of a certain age to maybe play at a higher level um, and win things and play in the Champions League. How important could something... I mean, Hassan has sort of said, score 15 more goals for us this season and you probably will be playing in the Champions League which is a great line you're putting it, you're putting it on the player um, and we'll, we'll see Saturday if, uh, if that's had an effect if he comes out all guns blazing and scores a brace against Arsenal then all of a sudden um, they'll be in a spot bother for the game on Tuesday but how, how important could something like a cup run be to um, and this might just be me being a football romantic but you know Southampton were to win a cup or were to even to get to Wembley or were to have that kind of cup run where everyone get, comes together and it's a real special thing as we've seen before Ings is a part of that does, does that maybe we get to the end of the season and, and that maybe puts Danny Ings in closer to agreeing um, a deal or do you see that doing well in the league and chasing those, those European places and specifically Champions League spaces are, uh, are more of a priority based on trying to get our, our number nine, our goal scorer, to, to commit to the club? I think having a cup run would be massive and it'd be massive for the club as a whole, especially during these current times. I mean, if we were to... Well, first of all, if we win the FA Cup, it's a path to Europe. Never like You, you win the FA Cup, you get a European spot. However badly you do in the league. I mean, look at Wigan relegated, won the FA Cup, Europa League whilst playing in the Championship. Um and also, if we do win the FA Cup and then Ings were to then go in the summer, we've achieved something whilst he's been here. Yeah. Now, if he, if I mean, that kind of thing, I think, I think Saints need to either get far in the FA. I think Saints realistically if, if need to qualify for Europe if they want to keep Danny Ings longer than this summer. If I'm being completely honest, no, I, I don't have any inside information. I don't know what he's thinking. Um, does but, the Europa League is the Europa League enough? I think it might be actually because he would be leading his boyhood club into European football, and you know there are still some big sides in the Europa League. I mean, think about it: the the, the game against Inter Milan, what little Southampton at home to the Italian giants. I mean, what was it? The seven years before we were losing at home to Rochdale, and then we were beating Inter Milan at home. You know, I will still never forgive Puel for the way he handled the, uh, I think it was Hapoel Bershaver game, and the way he sort of just threw the group stage. But either that's that's another that's another podcast. But, but Andy's Andy's already mentioned. You know, first knockout stage of this season, Arsenal were playing Benfica. I mean, there are big games 
Yeah. But at the same time, does does Danny Ings want a, an away trip to Hapoel Beersheba, or does he want to be playing Barcelona or, or Real Madrid, albeit potentially on the bench? I think another point we need to take into consideration is that from what we've heard and what we've read, Ings isn't actively... He doesn't actively want out. He's not throwing his toys out of the pram. This is a player that seems to be happy playing his football, playing for Saints. And in the background, yeah, he may have his eyes on thinking, I can play for an, I, I could possibly play for a Champions League club. But he's letting, he's letting his, and it's an easy line for, an, for a player to say, oh, my agent deals with that kind of stuff. And we spoke to Dan Sheldon about that in, in our episode with him. But I think, as long as it doesn't affect his game negatively and he gets distracted, then I think that we don't really need to worry about his contract for the time being because it seems like he's he's certainly not putting a lack of effort on the pitch. And if anything, he's, if he really, really wants to move, he knows that if he stays on, if he stays below 10 goals this season, I mean, he'd have to only score two more just to get that, then he's likely not going to get a move. So, he has to play very well, and as Ralph said, score loads of goals between now and the end of the season. So Saints will benefit either way because he will have to be at the top of his game. And then you have a player really trying to prove that he wants to... And and also, if it, if it is a situation where he doesn't actively want to leave, it's just a case of weighing up his options, then he may he, we may get into the end of the season having played superbly well and think I may want to stay. So I think that Saints will benefit either way because they're still going to have a player in top form for the rest of the year. If they can achieve something like an FA Cup win, that would be absolutely incredible. I think it's just a case of whilst we have such a, a good team and a good manager, whilst Ra- while Ralph is here, I think we really need to make the most of it and achieve something because if I'm being completely honest, if Ings were to go, that's something that we can we can rebuild. We can get someone in, not to the same quality. I think the most important person at the club at the moment is Ralph. Whilst we have him, I have no issues about any rebuilding, any signings, because I just feel that we're moving in the right direction under him. That's a big statement because Danny Ings has single-handedly kept Sampson in the Premier League. A lot of people would argue, and I, but I agree with you, uh, and I was going to say the same thing myself, actually, is Whatever happens, I think we're going to see um, some of the best of Danny Ings because whether he's trying to take Southampton to those heights or whether he's trying to put himself in the shop window, um, whether he's doing it consciously or not, either way, you can't see anything but um, good performances week in, week out from Danny Ings. Um, Andy, if you supported a Champions League level club, would you be looking to bring? Uh, would you be looking to bring Danny Ings in? <laughs> that, that that really hurt. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't see the reason why not. Yeah, it's a great point you make on Ings because you say if you get European football, he'd stay. If you win a cup, he'd stay. Don't forget the FA Cup and European football go hand in hand. So that's one thing. But also, you've got to remember where he came from. Where you got him from? Liverpool. He he had Champions League football. It obviously didn't work out for him there. So I feel like he's, he's experienced that. And whilst, yes, he might want it again, I feel like he has found his level in, in Southampton. And that's, and that's not a, a knock on Southampton by any stretch of imagination. I think it's a good thing. He's found his level where he could be a right talisman. Uh, he can be that, that, that guy. And if he was to be that guy for an FA Cup winning squad or just a Europa League squad, I think that would be good enough for him. At the age of, I think, 28, 29, 28? Yeah, yeah, 28. Uh, that's that's that, that that's good enough in my opinion. If he was the high, I think he could be the highest earner at the club, or at least he probably should be, given his his exploits. Um, as as an Arsenal perspective, do would I like him? 
Yeah, I'd take someone like Danny Ings, absolutely. I'm always happy to get an Englishman coming into the squad. It's very similar to the Bamiang situation we faced with about a year ago. He was our number one guy. He was the guy scoring all the goals. He won as the FA Cup with the semi-final and final goals. And then there were rumblings. Is he happy? I think it was a case very similar to Ings. He's happy, but could he be happier? In the end, he did stay. Uh, we were very happy about that. He obviously didn't have quite the run after Bamiang, but he seems to be coming good again now. So I compare it very similarly. Uh, you know, the number one guy for the club... And uh, if I was things, I would stay at Saints and try and build something because the, the squad that Saints have had for the past, they've been in the Premier League since 2012, 13. They've constantly been there. They've constantly sold all their best players and yet somehow got other players to come in and do a fantastic job. You look at the, some of the players that you've had. I'm sure you've talked to death about this. Some of the teams that you could have had if you held on slightly more. But if history tells anything about Saints is that once you lose all your best players, you do just find another one. You've had talisman in Ricky Lambert, Graziano Pella, uh, Gabbiadini had a hot second where he was the best thing in the league. And now you've got it with Danny Ings. I feel like Saints, for some reason, they just always seem to replace their number one guy to score goals. Uh, but I still think Ings will be there uh, next season, regardless of whether you get European football or an FA Cup win. Uh, even if you get neither, I imagine he, he'll want to build something because I think Saints are worth it, for sure. But, but for every Ricky Lambert, there is a Guido... Carrillo, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, uh, this, this, yeah. I mean, you're you're completely right. And and when you when you look at Danny Ings' perspective, he's 28, and he there is some unfinished business. And from a Southampton point of view, we want him as our best player. Let's not yeah, let's not be around the bush. Our best player. We want him to stay with us because if we continue to let these players go, then when will Southampton ever be able to be more than they are? Um, and and you know other bigger teams might sort of laugh at that and say Southampton are at their level and they just gotta that's the highest they'll ever be. But like you said, with the players that we've had before and we've let go, we could have been so much higher. And and when is there a point that Southampton stand up and 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 keep those players? The other point is once you get to eighteen months on a contract now, it seems that it's out of the club's hands. So why is it, Tom, that it happened with Hoybier? It's happened with players prior where we've had to sell them because I think of the likes of Van Dyke who, who although he, he, he did we did the right thing and we signed him on a long-term deal we had to get that done in order to boost his price um, why is it that the club seems to let these things come down to about two years before seemingly trying to do anything about it because uh, the club's so well run at the moment you think anyone that looks like they're playing well let's get them extended on a contract but not by another year. Let's extend them for another three years. Let's give them a bit more money. Let's let's put these players like Ings, who's been fantastic for the last three years. Why have we not given him a new five-year contract when um, when he was tearing it up? Uh, you know, why, why, is, why does that keep happening? Do you think that it's just the way that things are for Southampton and and maybe they have been trying for eighteen months with no luck? What was said by Dan is that you know there's been a a ridiculously good offer on the table for quite some time. So, you know, if Saints have thought, I mean, there's a lot come out from like Martin Simmons about how you then you think about if we're going to increase this player's wage, how are this player's X, Y, and Z going to feel about that? And you're thinking it's a very delicate balance to, to strike really. And if, uh, if that, deal if that offer has been on the table for quite some time then and the club feel that that is the best that they can offer at the moment then it is I mean it, it then is out of their hands and it's up to Ings or whoever the player is to then 
then to sign that or or reject it i think if if saints feel they've offered the best they can then they can't really do much more unless they want to break their wage structure and then you're thinking are you going to upset the apple cart as it were or the rest of the players going to have a bit of a revolt and let's not forget that judging by the recent accounts and what's been going on saints aren't exactly flush with cash at the moment and i feel i wanted to to pick up on that point and and now you mention it how much of of this is suddenly a, a from from the the highest points in the club there's reports of sort of a 60 million pound debt and i know covid's probably changed how how much players are rated but we're probably looking at that sort of fee for Danny Ings prior to to covid how how much of the club may be looking at Ings as an asset as an asset a sellable asset now where they could sell him and, and maybe plug most of that hole as opposed to losing him on a free and thinking we've, we've completely missed our chance because this summer will be the last chance for Southampton to cash in on Danny Ings if indeed that is their priority. Yeah, I think I, that, I mean, that's something that you and I um, off the record discussed a couple of days ago where I think that yeah, I mean, let, let's let's not beat about the bush here. No player, no matter how good they are, is bigger than the club. And if it turns out that Saints are in financial dire straits and they need sellings to balance the books, as it were, or just to get them out of some choppy waters, then I guess as fans we can be annoyed, but we can also understand that the future of the club is far more important than a single player. And, you, you know, obviously it's not as bad. Well, we don't know that, but... I doubt it's anything as bad as when we had to get rid of Andrew Sermon just for the club to survive a couple of more weeks. I don't think we're even looking at that sort of situation. But also, with the finances, I think you've got to also realise that Saints are one of the first Premier League clubs to actually release their accounts for the last year. So we don't exactly know if this is something that is... I mean, everything is unique for each club in terms of what they do but also we know that over the past year covid has had a massive financial impact it'll be interesting to see how it's affected other clubs of similar size to saints i feel that it is that catch-22 you either sell ings and plug that gap or do you risk keeping him and then try and qualify for a european competition or win a cup that would then bring in revenue that could fill that gap in the future i mean we're looking at the big loan the pre the repayments don't have to start until 2025 so it's a case of what can you achieve in that time um to i mean it has an incredible amount of interest but what can you achieve in that time to possibly plug that gap in the future I'll, I'll finish off with it with a couple of questions then to to both of you because uh, until the things thing sorts itself out you know the release clause sounds like it's going to be something that drags on for a while yeah but if we're talking about arsenal and southampton in the league and in the cup coming up a question i'll pose to you first tom is what is southampton's best route into europe is it to finish in the top six or to win the FA Cup, which is, which is the most plausible. You know, if you're going to put all your eggs in one basket now, which one are you going for as a route into Europe? I think really it has to be the league at the moment because we're not exactly far away um, from the chasing pack. I mean, 
we've got a yeah. game in hand. If we win that, then you know we're back in and amongst the the top six of the Premier League. And as I said earlier, we're not even. But as from Southampton's point of view, we're not even halfway through the season yet, and there's going to be a lot of points that we can pick up in the in the second half. And I think the danger with the FA Cup is yes we could beat Arsenal and then we're facing one of Chorley or Wolves and we could see ourselves in the quarters and one game away from Wembley. But you still got to think, is it worth getting to an FA Cup final to then lose 5-0 to Man City like Watford did? And, you know, whilst, you know, <laughs> City, I don't think we'd lose 5-0 to City, far from it, but it's, you know, it's it, as much as there is the romance of the cup, as long as the likes of City or Chelsea or Spurs are in it, then you're going to have a difficult time to... You've got to, to beat everyone, haven't you? You've got to beat everyone. Yeah. We've got to play five games um, and the latter two likely to be against some pretty big teams, maybe the latter three, and we've got to win them all. Um, if I rephrase it then, what is Southampton's... What is more likely for Southampton, to be able to win the FA Cup or to be able to finish in the top four? Bearing in mind that Southampton are five points behind Liverpool and no one seems to really be staking a claim for the league title at the moment. It's one of those seasons. Oh, absolutely. Then it's, it's going to be the league, especially this year. I mean, uh, one stat I found was that the season that we finished sixth and our best ever finish in the Premier League, at this point of the season, we had five less points than we do now. So, so, so you would say that it's more it's more achievable for Southampton to finish fourth in the Premier League this season as we stand than to win the FA Cup as it stands. I'd have to go with that at the moment because you just don't know who you're playing in the last rounds of the FA Cup. And yeah, we could have an easy yeah. run. We not an easy, but we could potentially see ourselves in the quarterfinal. But then it's all it's all about who's left in that competition and. I suppose maybe on odds on a, if if it, if we manage to get a decent run all the way and then in the final you're talking about a one-off game about against one of the big boys then it, it's difficult. It depends. If I knew what our run would be right now, is then I could make an easy decision. But at the moment, it's got to be the league, especially this season with no one actually really wanting to win anything. Yeah, I think you have to. You can't have a bad day in the cup, can you? Because you're out. Whereas in the league, you can have an off game. But that's just um, that's just one game. Um, Andy, Arsenal are two points behind Southampton in tenth. Southampton in ninth. Um, but having played, Arsenal have played an extra game, so you're that little bit further away from those European places at the moment. Same two questions to you, I guess. What is what is Arsenal's best route into Europe first and foremost? Top six or FA Cup winners? Um, and then the same question, what, what's, more, what's more achievable for Arsenal this season, to finish fourth in the Premier League or to win a cup? I feel like your answer might be slightly different to us. Yeah, I think uh, the top four, uh, it's romantic as it sounds. I don't think that's a realistic prospect. Not when you look at the top four we have at the minute. You know, Spurs, as much as it pays me to say, chances are they're going to finish in there because of the Mourinho effect. Uh, Liverpool, will, of course, always be there. I know they've had a dip in form recently, but that won't last long. As soon as they get their main guns back, they'll be in and around there. City, again, simple as that. They're going to be up there always. And Man United, they've surprised a lot of people. And I don't see how they're going to have a massive, uh, you know, slump where they fall down. And you look at the likes of Leicester, who were in there, even Aston Villa, you know, who are going to push as much as, and hard as they possibly can. So for Arsenal, I think the damage was done when we had those seven games where we didn't win a game. So I think uh, from a top four perspective, out of the question, top six, it's possible. Look, I said it earlier on, that's the beauty of cup competitions and knockout competitions is that if you lose, you're out. There's no do-over. 
that's it, you're, you're out. In the Premier League, you lose a game, it's no guarantee you won't still win the league, get top four, get relegated. They're still next week, you know, until it comes to game 38, and that's that. Um, can't forget, though, Arsenal have the Europa League still. I know we have a difficult game in Benfica, but, you know, we go far in that, we win the Europa League, that's Champions League football all of a sudden. And um, so for me, the Europa League is actually, I haven't talked about it yet, but that is our biggest opportunity, in my opinion, to, for a great season. Imagine that, silverware, not just any silverware, European silverware, an automatic Champions League qualification no matter how we do in the league. We've come close in recent years. Wenger's last season, we were semi-finals under Unai Emery, got to the final and then got absolutely battered by Chelsea, which was a complete farce. But it does show that there is room in the Europa League for us. And that's why I take that incredibly seriously. Uh, but I think the league is a slight write-off now. But top six is not alien to, to uh, a concept for Arsenal. I think we can do it. Uh, but as I mentioned, it's so congested up there. This season is so unpredictable. So many wacky results, left, right and centre. I think we'd be fools to try and predict exactly where our club's going to finish in the league this season. But for Arsenal, I think Europa League, that's got to be our target for, um, for, for European football and uh, a trophy as well. I think a good place to... Um... And therefore, the podcast is looking ahead to our predictions for, for, for the game. I think it's, how, how should we do this? Because there are two fixtures and it's really difficult to predict one a result in a game after another. What about instead of predicting result in the FA Cup and then result in the league? Because if I was to start off, I reckon Saints win in the FA Cup after extra time and then a draw at St. Mary's in the league. Andy, what would you say? Uh, very close to you. However, I do genuinely think that Ralph will prioritise league, even though I don't think he should. So I'm going to go Arsenal win in extra time in the FA Cup and then draw at St Mary's. Perhaps a 1-1 a one -one draw at St Mary's. Maybe even a 0-0. Nil -nil, but uh, yeah. Callum? Oh, funny, Tom, because you sounded like you were going to, you kind of talked yourself into doing what you didn't want to do. You're like, we should, we should, we, I don't really want to ask for a result in each of the games. So what, Result? Do you think you're going to do? <laughs> I, I, I waited to see what the what the the other option was. Um, but it, I, to be honest, I, I I thought the same as you. Um, thinking about this question earlier, um, I think Southampton will put out a stronger side, having rested players during the week. Whereas Arsenal, um, I think, will give some of their less trustworthy players uh, some Mavericks on the pitch, and and they can either turn up and win the game on a good day. But I feel like that's a kind of one in ten chance, really, with the likes of Pepe and William. So I think Southampton um, will play a strong side to be able to see off Arsenal in the cup. And then I see uh, both sides pretty much cancelling each other out. I think it, it, I'd go with a draw, but I think it could go either way by the odd goal um, and the odd moment of magic. But yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say Saints to progress in the in the cup to face Chorley in the next round, mm. um, and then uh, and then a. A stalemate. Both both teams to score draw in in, in the league. I was going to say this uh, this episode will be complete null and void, pretty much in the uh, the discussion <laughs> about the FA Cup. If Saints then go and get knocked out of the FA Cup, and we're suddenly left sure. right, it is going to it is going to be the league, and we're all we're all talking we're already like talking about where we could play in the quarterfinal. I mean, one question that has come to mind: we have done predictions, but I just want to ask it really, really quickly, uh, and I'll pose it to both of you. The game of Chorley against Wolves is on Friday night. 
if Chorley win that one and, and uh, get a bit of an upset, do you think that will have any impact on how either side will progress, like will face that uh, the, the game on Saturday, knowing that a very winnable tie awaits for them? I think both sides will know how they're going to set up. I don't think something like that will change a manager's lineup, certainly. Um, so so soon because it, don't forget it's the morning after as well not the morning but it's the early afternoon kickoff I don't think it will affect Ralph because I think the side will be drilled the lineup will be strong and there won't be much difference mentally psychologically they'll know that they have a fantastic chance to be one game away from Wembley so for the players themselves yes for Arsenal I, 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 I think <laughs> um, less Likely, so it was still not likely, but I mean, if he's looking at playing Pepe and Willian and Mustafi, and then he sees, okay, I could be, we could have Chorley in the next round. Maybe, maybe he goes back to his more reliable players of recent times in the likes of Smith Rowe and Saka. But um, Andy will probably know, know more than me, but I don't think it changes how, how Saints play. As Ralph said before, um, we don't change our game for anyone. We'll, we'll let them deal with us and we'll adapt during the game. So I, I see Saints playing a strong side on Saturday, full stop. It's a good point because this is the best time for a team like Chorley to play Wolves. And let's not forget the shocks we've seen so far. Crawley have knocked Leeds out, for example, and Leeds, they weren't, it wasn't like a complete understrength team. There were a few first teamers in there and obviously Mark Wright. Uh, so yeah, I can totally see... Um, I could totally see Ralph and, and uh, Mikel perhaps factoring that in. But in my opinion, in, in, in cup competitions, you can never, ever try to predict the roots, especially when you know, giant killings are, are, are such a, a prevalent thing. I don't think you could ever try and predict, OK, so if we beat this team, we might get them in the draw, provided they, we might get drawn at home. It's too convoluted. It's too unnecessary. I think the most important game is always the next game. You can look ahead, but that's mainly for us to do. I'm not sure Mikel Arteta will really deeply consider playing Chorley after beating Saints. You know, I think if you think it all on Saints, all on Saints, and then, you know, and then what follows will follow, whether it's Wolves, Chorley, I don't think at this point he'll care. All he'll care about is beating Saints uh, on Saturday and then Tuesday. That's all he'll want. That's all he'll care about. And that's all I care about as well. The words of Andy Goldman. Andy, thank you very much for joining us this evening. We hope to be sat alongside. Well, we, we all three of us, and especially with, with Nick as well, we all hope to be sat alongside each other at St. Mary's commentating on the football in the hopefully the near future. If you want to find Andy on Twitter, you can find him at Andy Goldman 10, as we confirmed before the episode. Yeah, I um, forgot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but Andy, it's been a pleasure having you on thank you so much for joining us this evening thank you it's been an absolute pleasure lads always a pleasure uh, talking football with you thank you very much yeah thanks for coming on andy we're um we're really looking forward to to sitting with you up in the kingston stand again um next season hopefully once we're all given the the go-ahead or maybe even before that but but maybe next season for one of those europa league group stage games one way or another um we always encourage our, our listeners to get in touch um, any way that they would like us to improve or any feedback they've got, good or bad, on what we're doing. Um, and, and especially with uh, this new format where we're, we've had Pete on and, and obviously we've got Andy on now looking ahead to, um, to future games with a, with a bit of a, a specialist uh, opposition view. Um, and anything you want us to discuss on future, future podcasts, you can get in touch with us um, and we'll give you the details of that as we do at the end of, of every uh, every episode um, 
Alex Watson did leave uh, a question with us, um, knowing that we had uh, had this episode with Andy coming on. Um, and we haven't talked about it, but probably the only thing we haven't talked about on this episode. Um, but it is January, and believe it or not, there is a transfer market going on, um, despite the fact that Robert Snodgrass seems to be the only person moving in the UK at the moment. <laughs> he said, since we're missing out on Damari Gray, do we think Saints will bring in any new loan signings or make use of the youth that we have? Um, Tom, I don't know if we are going to miss out on Damari Gray or if this is... I, I, I think Southampton are maybe looking at getting him in in the summer for free, whether there's a pre-contract agreement in place or not. I don't know, but his contract runs out. So whether we get him in on loan for the rest of the season or not, I don't know. Do you, do you see us going into the market for any loan signings or with the recent emergence of the likes of, of Caleb Watts and Dan and Ndulu and Nathan Teller, do you think Ralph will um, will will stick with the youth players we've already got? Well, actually, I was not- I noticed whilst I was in work today, I thought, crikey, it's the 21st of January already. And I was th- thinking we've only got about 10 days to go and there aren't really many noises about Saints bringing in anyone at the moment. That rumour of Brandon Williams seems to have just gone. Um <sighs> It's a, it's a difficult one. I pers- it, it doesn't look likely, if I'm being completely honest, although with the current injury crisis, you're thinking, do we at least want to bring in one person? So I think if we do, it's going to be maybe on deadline day, maybe the last couple of days. At the moment, I actively can't see us bringing in anyone, and there's certainly no rumours out there to suggest that we will. Um, but I think with the players and the youth players that we've got at our disposable disposable wow um but at the players that we've got at our disposal then yeah i'd, I'd, I'd play the youngsters they looked all right don't know don't, don't know do we? we don't know the answer is alex we don't know um uh, <laughs> there's nothing to say that we will loan anyone to be honest i don't think ralph's going to loan anyone that um isn't an improvement on what we've already got tom makes a great point with the uh with the amount of injuries that we've got the likes of teller Redmond seems to be injured quite a lot. Gineppo is always struggling. We are suddenly limited in those areas. So if we do get someone, it will always be someone either on the wing or potentially cover at fullback. But in this window, it sounds like uh, um, there's not too much happening. Um, one last thing. Thanks for coming on, Andy. Um, it's been really good to speak to you. Tom, same with you as always. Um, before we sign off, for our next episode, uh, we are looking for a couple of listeners to join us, um, Tom. So uh, an opportunity for anyone who, who listens to the podcast, um, enjoys it and, and wants to add their views. Uh, after the Arsenal game on Tuesday, we will be halfway through the season. So we're, we're looking for a, a couple of uh, Saints fans, a couple of Under the Lights listeners, just to give us their views on the halfway point of the season, what we've done so far and uh, what the future may hold between now and the end of this season. So um, you've you've got our details, but you can find me at Callum Wilson 21. You can find me at T214 Murray. Yeah, if you're interested in coming on to the show and discussing Saints, then please either message myself, Callum, or at the podcast at under, under underscore Saints. But um, Andy, thank you for coming on. Thank you very much for listening and I hope you all have a safe and wonderful evening.